You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. 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 All right. Well, I just need to <laughs> rest my eyes for a minute. All right. Fine. Oof. That is totally fine. Feeling sick thinking about it. Uh, it's feeling sick thinking about that evening or the next morning. Yeah, just everything. You claimed to be dead. <laughs> oh, I, I was not. I was not in a good way. I, I did not feel like a real <laughs> human being until like maybe four o'clock. <laughs> oh, that's rough. After the cam touchdowns or. Yeah, th- those helped. I had a, a Pedialyte uh, uh, popsicle. <laughs> it was just delicious. I can't believe it took you that many hours to actually think to put caffeine well, you, in your body. Yeah, yeah, that was the the big the big one. I'm an idiot. Um, Haley also suggested the popsicle several hours before I actually ate one. So, well, that doesn't come as a surprise, really, very much at all. Yeah, yeah, I'm an idiot. Um, Open with that. The Auburn Arena time is oh my god nine oh three p.m. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I have to tell anybody that uh, you know this weekend was was not the best. Um, we've got a little description of it there. Uh, I am Ryan Starrett at Ryan S. Starrett on Twitter. The S stands for still don't want to talk about it, so we'll do our best not to do that. Uh, it's a no crow show tonight. Posting in laws, maybe. You know. Uh, on the one side of me is uh, the man who uh, struggled Sunday, uh, the AU chief. Sub chief. Bienvenidos. <laughs> and on the other side, yes, hosting for the first time the Orange and True Eternal Champ of the Week, the better half of Indiana James. It is Lydia. Hey, Lydia. Uh, hola, amigos. Hey, she hey. told me she was going to do the intro in uh, in Spanish. I think the key was kind of hanging hanging around a little too long. I'm curious how far she can. No, it's this, so. not necessarily the tequila hanging around. Just my ah. um, new status as an adopted Mexican American citizen. There you go. I am now a, a part of the Catero family <laughs> without paperwork. <laughs> uh, so with that, can we say uh, rock chalk and horns down? Yeah, saw them off. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, that was that was exciting. Uh, I I yeah I I didn't catch the end of the game, but it was uh I mean they were winning most of the game. So what I did see of it, they were winning. It was a it was fun. classic uh, Big Twelve football where it, uh, turned into a shootout. They go to overtime, and Kansas actually did the thing that underdogs are supposed to do on the road. They went for the win and uh, paid off with a two-point conversion to a fullback. I don't know if he was a walk-on or not, but uh, it was impressive. Um, if you saw the stadium, there Fortune. was nobody there. Uh, this was a, a game Fortune does favor the bold, dear. And did you see the, the video... Um, or really, did you hear the the shrill sounds in the video of the kids' parents who didn't realize their son was scoring on the conversion? Oh no, I didn't. See I that. did. Oh, yeah, there, there was a solid out there. five or six seconds of them asking, "Was that him?" It's <laughs> funny. It's pretty fan. It's a pretty great reaction <clears throat> video. It's up there with the thread of the. One particular Kansas fan, some guy kept taking photos of throughout the game 
and you can see the progression of his reaction to what's happening on the field as the score changes. It's pretty fantastic. Oh, yes. If you yes, haven't, that is great. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, go out there and find it. It's readily available on Twitter.com. Yes, it's a, it's a great one of the greatest threads you'll ever see. It's it's just a, a joyous. It's great. I feel great. It makes you feel great for other someone else. Just just watching him throughout the game. It's good. It's nice to know that other people experience that emotional roller coaster, and I didn't have to do that. <laughs> I will say for uh, for Kansas fans, they've been waiting on that roller coaster to leave the station for about a decade now. So I, I, I knew it was bad at Kansas. I didn't realize it was that bad that this was their first road conference win since 2008. Yeah, they were number two in 2007. Yeah, things have really uh, gone downhill from them since they fired that uh, big, huge man that was their coach. Mangino. Uh, yeah. Mangino, the big guy, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. guy I, that um, rose to fame on the interwebs thanks to Spencer and the crew at Every Day Should Be Saturday and their lovely Sabaro parody song. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to be careful with his name, too. It's, uh, it's a, you don't have to. Well, I guess I guess <laughs> technically you don't have to, sure. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> but die and pay taxes, as my boss loves to say. That's a, it's a nice, what is that, an idiom? Is that what you would call that? I don't know. I'm the English major. Let's I should say know. that's true. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> idiom. With that. Uh, all right, well, let's get into uh, some of the, the less fun parts of this weekend. Uh, it's Friday night, Auburn Soccer. We are an Auburn, Auburn Soccer podcast. Uh, dropped the first round of the NCAA tournament game against Sanford. It was uh, not great to see. I mean, it's a Sanford team they beat earlier in the season, um, but just dropped this one 2 nothing. Couldn't get anything going on the offensive end. Um, and that's the season, which, uh, I don't know, it, it's it's hard. You know, we've, we've enjoyed this team all year. They've you know, really shown out. They've they had that great start of the season. You know, they they played number one Florida State really tight, um, and really they were competing for the SEC most of the year. Um, so yeah, it's it's a rough first round exit. This is still a young team though. Uh, a lot of sophomores. They'll be back for at least another year, hopefully two. But um, yeah, I mean, not the way you want to see a season end, but big weekend for. Sanford Sports. Yeah. Uh, got the win here and almost took down Florida. Yeah. And, it's just... Hmm. Yeah. It was a bummer. Uh, the, here's the way I found out uh, about the score of that game because I, I had a lot going on on, on Saturday. I had, I had my two kids early in the day and because uh, uh, my wife is at work. And I found out the score of the game while driving to the uh, tailgate for, <laughs> and I drove by the soccer fields and saw people leaving. I was like, Oh, the game must be over. Let me look. And I look over and it was, I, I saw it. And that was a real bummer on top of the total bummer that was on my radio at the time. Uh, it's just real, real upsetting. But it was zero, zero, zero and a half, and then uh, Sanford came out and got an early one in the second half. And then I think this is the second goal was you know, real late in the game, uh, I think maybe in the last five minutes or so. Um, and that, that'll be the last game for a really good group of seniors, especially in the, on the defensive ends. Uh, we've talked about Alyssa Melanson a lot this year. SEC Defensive Player of the Year, uh, always the fastest girl on the pitch. Um, She's been fantastic. I, I think she has um, some uh, uh, shot of pro career. I was mentioning she'll be playing in the NWSL next year, uh, which doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I'm not super sure. Is it they have a, a draft, right? Yes, there is a uh, there is an NWSL draft now. 
there was something going on with that league um, in the last year, I think, and I'm not I'm not real sure what. Um, but I would think that they would still have a draft. Um, she could always also go overseas. Uh, there, there's always that um, option. So uh, we'll 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 keep an eye on her. I'm sure, we can keep the uh, listeners updated about what's going on with her and anybody else that that might be uh, you know going pro um, or taking their COVID year, which I'm sure that there may be some that do that. All right. Well, it's an exciting of- prospect if you get a good chunk of the team back. Yeah. But you never know what opportunities are out there. Thankfully, now they're much more plentiful than they used to be for professional female soccer. Indeed. Yeah, it'll be it'll be good to see uh, Anna Haddock come back. She was one of the best goal scorers in the SEC this year. Again, she was one of those sophomores. It's um, really come on strong. Um, and then Matt Abrahaska as well in goal, just a sophomore. Um, so I mean, those two right there will be the anchor of the team next year. Um, they'll they'll be definitely be competing for the SEC again. Yeah. All right. Do we want to do football or basketball next? Um, glad to say, let's get all the, the bad stuff out of the way and then kind of follow basketball. Again. Yeah, just keep hurting my feelings. Let's go for it. All right. Yeah, it's, you gotta eat your veggies <laughs> first, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So I already said I don't really want to talk about this game that much. So I'm going to have, I'm just going to go through an analogy right here. Something I've been dealing with at work this uh, past couple weeks. So I'm, I'm working on a grill project right now. You guys all know uh, I design grills. Um, still fairly early in the design process. Uh, don't worry about what the details of it are. But we just got our quotes back from our suppliers. And we were shooting for like a production cost of around $250 to $300. Got our quotes back at around $500. So way, way over budget, right? So we're going through these exercises with product manager and sourcing manager and everybody that's got their hands in this project. And just seeing how we can get costs down from feature changes, spec changes, and then just total redesigns for some of it. Uh, but it really doesn't matter what we do. Like we're, we're not decreasing a uh, quote in half, pretty much, uh, in the course of a couple of weeks. And even if we do, uh, we're going to be late on our timeline. Right? So this project, it's dead, more or less. Uh, I mean, we, we can keep pretending like it matters. We can, we can nitpick at it. We can talk about what all the problems are. But it, it's, it's foobar, right? Mm-hmm. That's what this football game is. We can sit here. We can talk about it. We can diagnose what the issues were. Uh, there's there's not one thing that's magically going to be like, oh, yeah, if we had just done that or if the refs had just made this call. or you know, There's not that. There, when you give up 40 unanswered points at home to a team you're more talented than, that's on everybody. That's on the offense. It's on the defense. It's on the coaching. It's, it's on the people that left at halftime. A little bit. Uh, Indeed. I thought about that much that afternoon. I don't think anybody wants to sit here and uh, listen to us and nitpick it, though. Do they? I don't want to do it. No, I I mean, I I would like to... Go ahead, Lydia. Oh, I think enough people have thought about it on the internet this entire weekend that there's nothing we can say at this point that hasn't already been said and repeated and beaten into the ground like the dead horse that it is. The the only thing I would want to say about it is I, I do think that there is one good thing uh, oh, man. from that game. I mean, oh, no. Bo Nix was really good in that game. He was. <laughs> and he was hurt he was. like most of the game. I thought you were about to give us a hot take, but you just dropped a fact. It, like, well, and it's not the first time he's uh, blown up a Mississippi team, so I guess you know that's not that shocking. But um, I don't, I don't know. It, it's really depressing. It kind of feels like the season's over, right? Uh, but 
I mean, that alone, I think is something you can take away from that game. Like a guy that people thought <laughs> a lot of people thought was just done um, a few games into this season. Um, I mean, played really great and, and, <laughs> And not just great in the way that we've seen Bo be great. Like, oh, he's running around, he's making plays, you know, he's just his backyard Bo. That wasn't that. Wasn't that. Right. This was Bo Nix making passes, uh, you know, avoiding pressure, getting guys downfield, you know, and immediate passes. I mean, he was – what did he start? Like 10 for 10, 11 for 11? Um, if you, uh, if you yeah. have a 57-yard rush by Javarius Johnson – it's just a you know, well, backwards pass, basically. That's another thing that was good early in the game. Uh, I, I felt like we – I've heard and seen a lot of people talk about how we were all for running the ball, and we were throughout the game. But at the beginning, when we were doing really well, we were not. We were good at we, – we had some good running. The tank looked pretty good. Um, Jarquez looked all right. Um Sean Shivers did okay. Like everybody did pretty good. And then, of course, the big. Javarius uh, uh, Johnson. Javarius Johnson, yeah. Uh, non pass, <laughs> lateral and that's pass. That's where, I mean, you te- by the, yeah, it is a rush, but right. that still requires exactly. a good pass for Bo to hit yes. him in stride. It, yep. You know, it, too many times we've seen him. Even if it's a completed pass, it'd be an off-target pass, and then it just kind of kills the play, right? Yeah. Uh, but that was, you know, it was a perfect pass. Um, it's what we've wanted to see out of Bo all year, the last three years. Uh, this was this was the point in the movie where the heroes got it all figured out, right? It's yep. it's working. Everything's they've they've been through the struggle, they figured it out, and then they get to the, the big boss, and it just and, and it should be noted, like you would think that, oh well, he he just collapsed late, and that's why we couldn't win. He he still played well down the stretch. It wasn't yeah, he, like he, he wasn't near as good, but he wasn't right. bad. Right. Well, he was. Uh, there there were some bad right. passes. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, but this is the maturity that we've wanted to see out of Bo as he's progressed over the last few years, and the the leaps and bounds that he's made just this season have really spoken to the difference in coaching that he's had this just just the year and to see him excel and to see him grow that much and then just to have the team result not match and to literally add injury to insult it just you gotta feel for the kid yeah, it it is a bummer, um, and I know I started out on a positive, but it, it's a bummer that 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 it, it just went down like that. Um, and I, you know, I still want to kind of turn it around and, and and call this a positive. I know that there's been a lot of like, I mean, we're Auburn fans. We we tend to overreact sometimes. We tend to take. One, two things and extrapolate out from no. that. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I know there's some some questions about the coaching that, that's been going on. Um, but I, you cannot deny that Bo Nix has, has benefited from the coaching that he's received this year. Uh, I think yeah. that's probably been the thing, the most obvious of uh, improved coaching is is the development of Bo Nix. I mean, yeah. we can we can sit here and talk about play calling and you know, all these other things. That is the coach's responsibility, right? But, but just on a player development for Bo Nix, yeah, because that has gone well. Uh, yeah, been, I mean, just the improvements in his footwork alone have been yeah. worth whatever changes have been made. Yeah, right. Just for him personally, you know, if he ever decides to to attempt to move past this level, or if, even if he just decides this is it and he's done, to see him reach a potential that we all wanted to see out of him from the beginning, to to see the five-star recruit that came out of high school, and to see him reach a ceiling that we all hoped was there, 
really has been a good thing, even if the rest of the results haven't been exactly what we wanted to see. Uh, you can't argue with with what's happening at the quarterback position. And there's going to be some people probably that are going to argue it this <laughs> week, but we won't talk about that yet. Uh, yeah, right, uh, so- and you know, it, it the unfortunate thing is is it there's a big question mark on the offensive line going into next year, um, it, and that's really that that may be the difference on whether we, you know, we may have seen the apex of Bo's career because if if that position is not any better next year, it's hard to imagine that Bo will keep improving even more. Um, it, you know, if he hangs around uh, for his COVID year in 2023, then then it, we may have to wait till 2023 to really see. 23 is the year. We'll yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it is. I mean, this was the year. I, well, it was. <laughs> now it's not. Okay. Right, so I mean, if you've been all, I'd like to apologize way. for any strange noises you may hear coming from this end of the call, as I have now. Um, gotten myself a guest guest host in furry form. Ah, so Lana. If you hear any strange grunting noises, barking, how it's her, not me. Uh, I thought that was going to be James, honestly. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess theoretically it could be, but <laughs> this is Lanita. She does what she wants. That she right, does. So if she's been living under a rock, though, I mean, we, we've talked about what Bo got her. Found out Sunday he broke his his right ankle, uh, his, his fibula. Lydia, you're our doctor person here, right? What does this mean? <laughs> not a doctor. Uh, you're not a doctor, but you know <laughs> more so than us. Uh, what does this mean for a quarterback? I mean, it, tell us. I mean, tell us what is going on here. If he if he has a broken well, ankle. What is that going to mean for him trying to pass the ball and still keep playing? Thankfully, with Bo being right-handed, it's not his plant leg. So he has that going for him. But as much as he scrambles, it's going to be very difficult for him. Um, It's that first step coming off his, I mean, what you would consider to be his dominant side. So if I saw correctly in pictures that have been floating around the interwebs, Um, He's in a cast, which is going to mean significant Mm -hmm. immobilization. You always worry about atrophy in those situations, but I have all the faith in the world and the training staff that they'll get him back to a competitive level. Um, With bone breaks, though, the biggest hurdle is always that mental hurdle. Not that I would consider Bo to be one of those guys I would worry about very much because he he seems like very much a competitor, very much the kind of guy that's not going to let that sort of thing, that that fear kind of eat at the back of his mind and um, affect his rehab and his play once he does return. But, I mean, anytime you're dealing with a broken bone – it's a long road and it can be frustrating and mechanically he should be fine. If anything, we'd probably be afraid of him uh, going the Sean White route and getting back too soon and not taking care of it. Or, you know, breaking, breaking your, breaking your bone during the game and and not just continuing to play on it because you don't know it's that bad, but knowing it's that bad, but you just don't want to come out. Yeah. yeah. Is, is that what you're referencing? <laughs> yeah, I'm not referencing any of the other Sean White stuff. So. Well, I, I was I was going to ask if you meant, you know, getting, you know, taken into custody. <laughs> I, no. Across the street from the police department. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, no, I think Bo just let his adrenaline carry him through that injury. And once the yeah. adrenaline wore off, then there it was. I don't think it was a, I'm going to try and power through this because I don't want to come out sort of situation. Yeah, that's, that's what I, mean, I, I thought. Saw a couple, it was so drastic from the first half to the second half. I mean, I, 
Because that occurred right before the half, if I remember correctly, didn't it? Maybe right after. Uh, but, yeah, but I can't remember. Uh, exactly. are... It was it was pretty. I can't remember exactly where it happened. Um, but you, you can tell, were... like later in the third quarter, he was yeah. he was not just somewhat missing. He was missing by five yards, and yeah. you know it seemed like the only passes he was really hitting were he just threw it up and his guy could get under it. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, I don't remember at what point he went into the medical tent. Right. That was early. Yeah, and came, he, he came, came out. out several possessions. I, yeah. I think that's when it was probably broken. It it he I don't know what he did to it early on. Um, it, it may have been a you know stress fracture or or something slight, and Maybe. then just kept going and kept going and made it worse and worse. Is probably my speculation. My totally. Uh, uh, wild speculation wild out of speculation. Hefe here today. But I mean, it, the fact that he hurt that ankle early, then hurt it worse later on, and then finally, like, couldn't even go back in, I think is. Uh... <laughs> well, as, as Braves fans, it's what we saw out of Charlie Morton in the World Series. Right? I mean, it's yeah. not the same injury necessarily, but it's a, it's a lower leg injury. And Charlie, you know, took and that both ankle fracture. Right. broke it. Uh, Pitched another inning, struck out Jose Altuve. He was rocking it, and then eventually, uh, <laughs> yeah, couldn't went, couldn't keep going. <laughs> yeah, went to a pitch and realized, oh, I can't. Uh, which is just adrenaline wearing <laughs> off, I would imagine. Yeah. All right, so it's a hell of a drug. In the words of Rick James, Bo's going to be out for the year. He's having surgery sometime this week. Um, it's already done, bud. Already okay. Already today. So by the time you're listening, by the time we're recording, already happened. Um, TJ Finley definitely going to be the starter this week. Um, I, I do want to talk about how kind of shit situation he got put in at the end of that game. Yeah, it, I, I understand it was. Hey, Bo really can't go back out there. But either you should have put TJ in in the third quarter when you knew Bo was hurt. And that way he has some sort of a chance to find a rhythm, get something going, not have to try and score two touchdowns in three minutes. Um, or you just don't put him in because he was in an unwinnable situation. You know, it's easy to kind of sit there and be like, oh, what is he doing with that fumble on the 12-yard line? But it, he had to try something. I mean, it's... He had to. I, I, don't, I, mean, fault, he... I don't fault him too much on that. I did think it was He's funny a that competitor that was, just like anybody yeah. else. Yeah. You know? yeah. I did think it was funny that we gave him a hard time after the Georgia State game because that was more or less the same kind of spin move he tried there. And we all kind of said, hey, that was great. It's not going to work against SEC. <laughs> exactly. And it sure didn't work against the SEC team. No. Mm-mm. Well, and I don't think it did him any favors to, like you said, put him in when Bo's in the tent. And then pull in, and then okay, now you really have to go in, and all of the preparation and all of your—I mean, coming off the bench is hard enough anyway. But to be yo-yoed in and out of the game like that—it'll yeah. mess with your head if you're not already in the right space. Well, I, I, I thought I am interested to see what he'll do. You know, having a whole game just for himself. Sure. But I don't think we've gotten enough of a sample size of him really this right. year to have any idea what's coming at us. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's one of those guys that, uh, unfortunately for him, his skill set is not super compatible with his offense just because we can't block. Uh, right. he's somebody that I feel like if you had a solid offensive line that you, know, you trusted to kind of give him a few seconds to, you know, work the ball downfield, he could be really effective. This He's South got Carolina a great team, arm. This, yeah, you know, he, he really does. But this South Carolina team, uh, well, I, I don't think we're going to find out a ton, I guess. They're they're not a great uh, um, pass defense. We can get into that a little more here in a minute. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We're, we're going to learn something. Uh, I don't think it's going to tell us anything about how he's going to play against Alabama, though. Or anything about if he should be, you know, our quarterback next year. 
I think Bo has shown if he's healthy, he should be the quarterback next year. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm curious if I mean, there's the good thing any about camp of, starting in the summer is that there's plenty of recovery time. Right. I I do wonder if there's any level of if he struggles. Is it just his? Is it him for the rest of the year, no matter what? Uh, is there a way? Demetrius Davis gets in the game. Are there packages for him? Um, I, I would kind of hope. I mean, at this point, his red shirt is locked in. Davis's is right because uh, you can play in four games now. We only have three games left with the bowl game. Um, so I, w- I would like to see him get some some sort of playing time uh, the rest of the year. But we honestly have no idea what that's going to look like. I am interested to see how much patience the coaching staff has with Finley coming into a situation like this that obviously no one ever expected um, to see if they'll get frustrated with him and bench him like they did Bo early on, or if they'll give him the reins and say, okay, this is your team. Do what you need to do until we're done. So... Yeah, I mean, I think it's it, going to tell us a lot about the coaching staff too, not necessarily about our our depth so much, but I think it'll it'll tell you a lot about how much trust they want to put in kids or how much experimenting they want to do from here on out. And I'm I'm really interested to see how that goes. Yeah, I, I think I kind of think that they just they have to stick with him. Because uh, at this point, I don't I don't think Davis has really been taking any snaps in, in practice because TJ's getting some ones or was for a while and in all the all the twos reps. So um, it it'll just be be weird. Uh, and, you know, I get, they've got to figure things out now because what if TJ gets hurt? Uh, they've got to have some Don't sort of plan. you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? Well, <laughs> hey, somebody's <laughs> got to think about it. I mean, obviously they do because, I mean, it, you know, anything can happen. And then then you've got to have a plan of some sort. Um, so, I, I, you know, do you say, okay, well, uh, we'll put some packages in for literally everyone here that's played quarterback, which would be Kobe and Kalen Newton has played quarterback at college and uh um jj pagis do we get a little bit of that <laughs> I mean, hey, he, he could get weird he could get weird um, um i wouldn't it, put necessarily anything by harson and bobo at this point i mean they've not been afraid to try trick plays not so much packages but right uh, but it was you know, easier to do when you had a clear number one quarterback at, at this point I, I don't know what to expect yeah, I don't, you know what? That's uh, let's lean into that. Let's get weird. Why not? Yeah, you, you got to lose point, at this point. So yeah. Yeah. Um, one other weird. injury. One other injury in this game. Uh, right there at the end, Anders Carlson tears ACL in the onside kick attempts. Uh, that's really unfortunate. I mean, he's he's had a rough year. We you know, don't really want to get into that, but he's been a really good kicker for us for three years now. Yeah. This is Honestly, year I don't four, know. right? Well, he was he redshirted his freshman year. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. So I don't know who the backup kicker is. Auburn hasn't had to, to think about this. Uh, he has kicked eight years. Eight years. The, no, but uh, no, well, behind Carlson, sure, but right, right. None of the Auburn kickers have like gotten hurt. You know, Daniel never missed a game. Byram never missed a game. Right. This many games, like uh, it's been a pretty high quality and uh, consistent um, position for Auburn for a long time. Yeah, um, and usually you've had the next guy in there for at least a year before he's you know, officially the kicker. Um, McPherson is still a year out. He's you know, going to be coming in next year, but. Um, I, I don't know who it is now. Is it Oscar Chapman? Dude, no, it, it's uh, no the the other guy has already kicked a field goal this year. Um, field goals oh, are excellent. Uh, well, maybe so, actually. Is it Evan McGuire? Uh, this 
sounds right. I can't, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Honestly, I, I would like apologies to, just say, to yeah, him and his let's, family. Let's go for it on fourth down whenever we can. Um, it says a lot about our kicking game that we haven't had to think about someone not in the last name Carlson since 2013. It's true. <laughs> I mean, that all other names have kind of gone blank out of all of our minds says a lot about where how lucky we've been in this regard. Or yeah, well recruited, I mean, however you want to look at it. But, you know, the rest of the football world likes to say we're lucky so why not lead into that too sure i mean if you're uh alabama fans know all four of their kickers names because you know any, <laughs> any one of them could be the guy they hate the most that week so <laughs> all right uh let's talk about south carolina just a little bit um i know a, a lot of the fan base is checking out on this game already um but Seven and fives or, or potentially eight and four is a lot different than uh, dropping this game and staring down six and six. So this, this is a big one. You know, keep that momentum going, going into the recruited season. Um, but that's the same thing South Carolina's looking at. They are five and five right now, finishing with us and then Clemson. They got to win one of these games to get to a bowl in Shane Beamer's first year. Um, I'd like to vote for Clemson, and just in case anyone is keeping track of that, that's that's how I would sure. like that to go. I, I would definitely prefer them to beat the uh, the Lake Tigers. Yes, but uh, please. <laughs> um, it's I mean they've been a pretty bad team this year, but you know they also went and hung forty on Florida. I understand now that's not really an accomplishment. Um, but you know, <laughs> all of had their fair Couldn't happen to a better guy so, down there. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, we could have just hated on Dan Mullen this whole podcast. That would have been fun. <laughs> I, I could talk for a really long time about that. Game. I, that was a funny thing during the game. Uh, even as things were going south, they kept showing the Florida Sanford highlights on the big screen, and they were very. Loud, but loud cheers from everybody, but concentrated loud cheers from the city state section. <laughs> I'm Sanford's court. It's funny. Hmm. The mysteries of life. I wonder what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice that we could bond over something because yeah, some fan bases and opposition. That's so different after all. Yeah. You know, I just realized we lost to your. Mississippi State Bulldogs, Ryan. There it is. Wouldn't go that far. Did your brother uh, talk any uh, any trash to you? Uh, no, he was happy that they had won four in the last 13. So he thought that was a pretty good accomplishment. <laughs> All right. Good deal. Uh, but again, we're done with Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah, okay. on to South Carolina. Sorry, South uh, Carolina. <laughs> let's uh, let's beat them. Uh, I, you know what? I, they, I know a lot of they people are, are extremely anemic offense. I mean, they're pretty much any metric. They're around a hundred in the country. You know, one hundred thirty teams, so not great. Uh, they're on their th- third quarterback of the year. This is the guy that was backing up the former grad student. So if that tells you anything. They're uh, not feeling great about that. Mm. He threw the ball three whole times against Missouri last week in the game that they were losing. Um, and then rushed for minus 50 yards. So I'd like to see with an offense that anemic, I'd like to see our defense get some confidence back under them after. Yeah. After that second half where they yeah. gave up so much. I mean, that had to be just a straight kick in the teeth, especially after the questionable or not so questionable, whatever, targeting call on TD. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, uh, you take an already frustrated defense and then hit them with that. I, yeah. I don't I mean, know. It, I'd like to see them do what they do best again, and that's stopping the run. So if that's all South Carolina thinks they can do, we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, it's not like we've uh, been very good at running anyway. So, uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, <laughs> go ahead and stop it. We're just, we're probably going to have to pass our way out of this one anyway. So, yeah. So their their defense. Uh, I think I, I misspoke earlier. They if they do anything well, it is depending the pass. I mean, they're oh, they're great. They're average. Uh, <laughs> the pass. They give up their 60th in the country in yards per play passing game. Um, they somehow have just a boatload of interceptions. They've got 14 picks on the year, which is third of the country. Oh, uh, that doesn't. Yeah, I don't know where that comes from. Great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's one one guy, uh, safety Jalen Foster, has five of them, and he's a Moses. Right. And he was a FC. He played at Gardner Webb to start his career. Transferred to South Carolina as a walk on. Got on scholarship this year and then is just kind of going off. Hmm. Uh, but okay. we'll see. I mean, this I'm Mississippi like State game aside, that guy. Yeah, this Mississippi State game aside, uh, Auburn has beaten the teams that they're more talented than and lost to the teams they're less talented than this year. I mean, pretty pretty evenly again until this Mississippi State game. Um, and even then, we were up twenty eight to three, and you know. Shit happens. Uh, this what is a team. What do you know about that, Mr. Falcons fan? Okay. Mm, man, the days. <laughs> Anyways, Braves <laughs> won the World Series. I don't care. Uh, Auburn is more talented than the South Carolina team, even down Bo Nix. Uh, even down Owen Papo. I don't know if he's going to be back this week or not. Even down on Carlson. Uh, so. You'd like to see this team focus up and go back to beating up on bad teams. Yeah, that that would be nice. And and this, I mean, it, it would just be nice to to have one more fun game where we're not all tense. Uh, and, and you know, I'm not giving up on the Iron Bowl or anything, but it just it seems like a uphill battle at this point. And it would just be nice to. To have have one more where we can all be happy for a week, and then whatever else happens after that happens. And then we can all go watch basketball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is the worst week to not have a basketball game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, well, let's take a commercial and then talk about the basketball team. All right, and we are back at 41 minutes into the show. All right. Uh, let's break down first the uh, the Moorhead State, the ULM games. Um, Moorhead State, uh, Will kind of told us last week that this was a team we might should look out for. Um, they were a uh, they won the OVC tournament last year you know, and were good in the regular season as well. Uh, Auburn kind of went in and uh, especially early had their way with them. They were up thirty to six pretty quickly in that game. Uh, it never felt like a super clean game. I mean, maybe clean is not the right word because we did a good job taking care of the ball, but uh, it wasn't cohesive on the offensive end. Um, it, it felt like there was a lot of talent that was still figuring out how to play together. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it, it, uh, it, it was fine. It was, uh, <laughs> one of the better openers i've seen seen us play in um sure. you know it wasn't perfect but it wasn't uh, I, I didn't come out of it with any major complaints um at all really um even thought uh you know some of the things i might have been concerned about were were not a concern in that game so um it, it just it was nice to be back watching basketball and um you know, I, I guess I, I, I've kind of felt like you could come away from that game watching it and think, oh, this Jabari Smith guy, I thought he was supposed to be this really good player or whatever, but <laughs> he still had a double-double. So, um, <laughs> and I... The, well, in, in the, this game, so he only had eight and six against oh, okay, okay, I thought he had a yeah, double-double. Yeah. So he, he had a double-double in the exhibition, struggled yeah. a little bit uh, in this one. Yeah. Okay. When I say struggle, I mean he, he still had a 153 offensive rating. Yeah. Yeah. And what was, was his really good? What was his PER uh, for that one? Uh, PER for games is kind of weird to look at because like it's yeah. never above like 18. Okay. Um, but I mean he was 
he was still really good in this game. Yeah. Again, yeah. 8.6 rebounds, three assists, three steals. And <laughs> like he stuffed the stat sheet and we say, oh, he didn't play that well in his first career game. Um, he's a guy that like you can watch him and, and, and he'll have a game like that. And, and people just may not, they may not get it kind of like, it, it's just kind of a thing where oh, I, just, I don't, I don't get it. Um, and it, it may take a while before he's going to have to have a, a game where he just dominates where, where I think most of the fan base will finally be like, Oh, Oh, that's what we have on our hands. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in, in that Moorhead game, he was three of six from the field, two of three from three. I mean, that's that's fine. That's good efficiency. Yeah. Uh, well, how many he, minutes? He was just uh, just that twenty-one. That's going to be my next question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with guys this young, he had the cramp it's going to be hot and cold. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, until they figure each other out, until they gel together, you're going to get some streaky moments. You're going to get some questionable dead periods where you start to worry that the offense is never coming back. Yeah. But <laughs> exactly. I think, Oh wait, I'm talking about football again. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I do think, <laughs> um, I mean, I think this team is just far and away so much more just pure talent than even the teams that we've gotten used to in the last couple of years out of Bruce that even I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to get too excited, but mm-hmm. like the ceiling on this team just seems so high that if they can figure it out and play as a unit, I'm not going to, you know, hyperbole too much and say best team ever or whatever, <laughs> but I, I, I'm willing to see how far they go. Well, I, I mean, I think, I mean, I don't think you'd be crazy to say something like that. It is the most talented. It's the most talented team that we've had. Yeah, I mean, it, you, from, you from one through ten, like right. The second unit on this team competes with most, if not all, of the last twenty years starting five for Auburn. I mean, the, the final four team, Jared and Bryce, is is going to eat this team up. That's fine. Sorry, the the, the second team, at least. Yeah. Um, and then the, the Isaac Okoro COVID team probably is still going to beat the, the bench players on here. Outside of that, I mean, think about it. Uh, and especially when you get Alan Flanagan back, let's say he's coming back off the bench. Your backups are uh, Katie Johnson, Alan Flanagan, Chris Moore, Jalen Williams, and Dylan Cardwell. That, that's still a tournament five. Of a lineup. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, it it really is top to bottom the most impressive roster I've seen at Auburn, uh, and I think a lot of other people would say the same. Yeah, I, I think so. And uh, it, you know, it may not be a, this team may not they're not going to go undefeated. Um, that it's just nobody uh, does. It's fine. Cra- I mean, yeah, it's just crazy. Exactly. To think exactly. Anyone would in basketball. Way too many games. <laughs> they may not win the uh, the conference. You know, during the regular season. Buddy, eleven deep is a team that will be extremely hard to beat in a tournament. Um, so, I you know it's exciting, uh, and, and part of the fun of these teams and is is that part that you mentioned, Lydia, where they're just guys figuring each other out, figuring out how to play together. Um, figuring out how to play at this level and in some of their cases like Jabari specifically. Um, I mean, that's, that's fun for me. I I like watching that stuff. It it can be stressful obviously, but um, which it was a little bit on, uh, on Friday night against uh, UL. It was until it really wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, We'll go into that game. So Auburn uh, struggles in the first half. Really just can't get anything going offensively. Let's ULM kind of have a flurry at the end of the half. On their end of the court, goes down uh, two at the half. Um, and then still covered on a 24-point line. So, you know, solid solid second half. Definitely headlined by Jabari just kind of taking the game over. Um, we were just saying that, oh, he had a quiet opener where he stuffed the stat sheet. Really, he, he played amazing in this game. 
Yeah. Uh, 23 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, four steals, two blocks. The only downside is the four turnovers, but you know, he's it's, that's okay. That's okay. Honestly, like when you're creating four steals and two blocks, I'm all right with it. Yeah. Uh, I, he, I mean, he's young too. It's, it's, it'll sure. happen. it's fine. Every bit is advertised with the shot. Um, oh, we talked all, all off season of like, Oh, okay. This guy was a great three point shooter in high school. Uh, that doesn't always translate to college. If he can do that in college, then he might be the best player to, you know, we ever seen here. Uh, <laughs> but if he shoots like he did in this one, uh, he's not going to be stopped. It was beautiful. His uh, shot is so beautiful. It is from everywhere on the floor too. Not not just three point stroke. Not just going to the basket. He had a turnaround shot at the elbow. Uh, he had a couple mid range. Uh, he see a three level score. Impressive. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm just totally excited about it. Uh, even more than I already was. Uh, just having seen him twice. Uh, if you have a chance to see this kid in person, please take it because he is he's just fun to watch. Um, he, he reminds me of a guy that I played with, uh, obviously extremely better because the guy I played with did not end up uh, uh, in the NBA. He was also six inches shorter, so that may have had something to do with it. Um, and uh, that guy won uh, the Division II uh, tournament MVP, though, so he was pretty good. Um, but just just long, uh, can can shoot from anywhere, um, and can can dribble. Uh, can defend. It's it's he's the whole package, man, and I am uh, I'm excited. I want to talk about Katie Don't Johnson. Don't think he's gonna go ahead, Lydia. Uh-huh. I was just gonna say it's a beautiful thing when mechanics and good fundamentals come together, and you have a guy that's just purely talented, and and you see those beautiful shots. Mm-hmm. Don't think he's going to stick around long enough to break um, Bryce's three point record. No, unfortunately, it'd be not. cool if he did, but not going to happen. Sure. So let's he, just enjoy him while we got him. Maybe he just wants to, you know, hang out at college. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. If with we that, can get a yeah, get him yeah. an IL deal where he's making, uh, you know, eight figures a year. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. <laughs> Get uh, get, get mean, your company on that, Ryan. They can <laughs> uh, I just sell told you more grills. The I'm working on. Yeah. Um. All right. So, Katie Johnson. Uh, we talked about him a little bit, but he was the other big part of kind of spurring the the offense in the second half. Um. Every bit is advertised. Uh, strong at the rim. Uh, well, I guess technically not in this one. He didn't go to the rim uh, in the first game more so. But he was four or five from three in the second half, got the free throw line, um, played just tenacious defense. Uh, there there was the one possession, and uh, Ferg was talking about it on the Observer today, where he basically went for a steal three times within 15 seconds or so. Missed the first two times, but the guy never really got set. And got into into the possession, and then he got the steal on the third attempt. And he was just eating guys' lunch. Uh, yeah, on ULM, he is he he is not a player that I expected to love as much as I do already. Um, I, I, I ooh, dropping the L word already. Yeah, yeah, he is he is so he is not afraid to talk some trash to people. He is. Yeah. That was wearing red and black about eight months ago. I know that's, that's why I did not expect to, to like him as much as I do. Uh, and he, <laughs> I know that's kind of silly, but whatever. Uh, he, Mark, <laughs> I, I mean, I would absolutely hate if I was playing against him, like a, as a player playing against him, he has to be just a nightmare to play against. Cause he is nonstop every minute that he's on the floor and he is, he is just a little bowling ball of of a dude and and strong can dribble not afraid to embarrass people uh off the dribble uh can pass he is he is so fun to watch 
And, you know, he might not be the best guy on this team, although he may be the most efficient despite being super inefficient the first the first game. <laughs> He's going to um, get shots. And, uh, some days that's going to lead to a lot of points. Well, I didn't I didn't realize until um, uh, listening to uh, the Observer pod that he he, he was known uh, as being efficient. He was a really efficient player last year. Um, so, uh, you know. If he keeps that up, I mean, imagine just having a guy like that coming off the bench all year or a guy like Zeb Jasper coming off the bench, either one coming off the bench. That's just like a one-two punch that is is just exciting. Yeah. Or both of them coming off the bench with Alan Flanagan's back. Yeah, right. Alan Flanagan coming off the bench. I mean, there's just so many ways you can go about that. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see the lineups come SEC play. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Moore. Chris Moore, uh, career night in this game. Um, talk about a guy who really was getting to the basket. He had two and ones within five minutes of real time. Um, was six to six from the stripe. Uh, just if he's a guy that can be doing that against, uh, SEC caliber opponents later in the year. Uh, I mean, he, again, off the bench, I don't. I don't know what else to say about him. He was um, 16 points, four rebounds, and again a super efficient night. Um, he might be making that same leap that Alan Flanagan made from freshman to sophomore year. Yeah. Uh, in that you know he wasn't really a contributor much on the offensive end as a freshman. Chris Moore had a couple games where he you know was was a good shooter from three, but you could tell he still wasn't super comfortable in the offense. I think his plus uh, minus was really good though, right? Uh, his his uh, freshman year. Um, oh, freshman year, yeah. Well, uh, a lot of guys off the bench last year were had decent plus minus. Like him and Dylan Cardwell were awesome with that. Yeah. Uh, see, Chris Moore in this one, yeah, 21 minutes, he was plus 19. Uh, yeah. Very good. Very good. (laughs) I mean, honestly, uh, through two games, we could sit here and say something positive about every single player in the roster right now. Yeah, yeah, I love this team so much, and I am, I am so excited uh, for the rest of the season. I hate that we have to wait like two, what, two weeks before another home game. Yeah, after our next home game is not until December first, I believe. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. But uh, there's still going to be some good basketball between now and then. We get the sure. Atlanta strip, hopefully beating up on USF this Friday. Um, any any last observations about these first two games before we dive into the USF thing? No, I'm good. Sad, sadly, no. <laughs> I, my, la- my last comment is I didn't expect the ball control to be this good on the team. Uh, they're really limiting turnovers. Had had no unforced turnovers in the first game, and yep. only a handful of them in TLM. Devin Cambridge and Katie Johnson both with zero turnovers through two games. Uh, that's great to see. Um, hopefully, that's a, a trend that continues, though. All right, South Florida Friday night, six o'clock Central, ESPN Plus. Uh, playing this game. In Amelie Arena, which is the, the Lightning Stadium where the SEC tournament will be this year. That's oh, the, the didn't realize big that. narrative. That's interesting. Yeah, that's the whole reason we're going down there. I think is Bruce wanted to get a game in that arena. Uh, these guys keep shooting in there a little bit. This <laughs> was I've, I've been talking to Will about this team today, and he's uh doesn't have much good to say about him. He actually has a degree from USF, so he's fairly familiar with this team. Um, they are extremely young and not great. <laughs> no, um, no. Yeah, they're three. They're 340th out of the 360 or so teams in the country in experience. Auburn's not that far ahead of them, but, you know, uh, I mean, these, these guys are having less than a year of experience in this team. That's, yeah, you that's can say odd. that about a lot of Kentucky teams too. So I'm mm. not certain that that's a huge metric sure. to put a lot of stock don't, in. 
don't think they're recruiting a bunch of one and done. <laughs> uh, they are a fairly tall team. Uh, they're averaging about a half inch taller than Auburn across the board. Wow. That's uh, they're 43rd. Point. And you know, Auburn's, Auburn's not a short team. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting in that they've had a significant height advantage in all three of their games so far this year. They've won two of them, but all three opponents they've played have been two, 250th or worse in Pimpom. Um, and they've struggled scoring in these games. You, you'd think with that height ex- advantage, that wouldn't be an issue. Um, they're, they're 280th in uh, offensive efficiency and worse than that shooting. Uh, effective field goal percentage of just 41% which is lower than what Auburn's given up in the first two games. Um, I, I, do, you, do you want me to tell you what they are from three? No. Okay, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> that was starting to sound a Not little great. bit like hope, Ryan. Be- uh, this, this is a game that, you know, for whatever reason, Auburn always struggles in those early season road games. You know, you, you go to Mobile and play South Alabama, and Isaac Coro has to hit a game winner. Um, mm. This this team is is not bad. I don't I don't think anything uh, can happen in college basketball. But if we don't uh, we don't win by double digits in this game, I'll be severely disappointed. Yeah, what does uh what does Ken Palm think we're gonna win by? I think it was eighteen or so. Yeah, yeah, that that seems about right. I, I would think. Uh, that feels good. The, actually, only 12, just because it's a road game. Oh, still. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I mean, they're, they're 194th in Ken Palm and trending downwards since the start of the year. It's not that old a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah that's what I'm saying. I mean, they've struggled against three really bad opponents, <laughs> even if they beat one through those games. So they're already, already going in the wrong direction. Uh, their their best player is a, uh, a pretty big dude. Uh, Texas Tech transfer Russell Chawa. Uh, he's I think he's averaging about nine or ten points a game, but he's seven foot two sixty. So he'll be uh, he'll be the first real big Walker Kessler and Dylan Cardwell to match up against. Um, That'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's had, he's had a couple of good games already this year. I think he struggled against uh, NCA and T tonight. Uh, I haven't seen a stat line. But, um, but yeah, it'll be good to see. We, we've kind of – one criticism I guess we have had is that despite his size advantage, Kessler's kind of gotten, uh, you know, not had his way in the paint. Um, yeah. So, we'll, this will be interesting against the guy that his height. Yeah, and, I mean – Exactly. You always hope somebody with size like that kind of brings the fire out of your bigs. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that's going to be a problem for Dylan. Not much <laughs> needed to spark the fire in that one, and that's what I love about the kid. Lucas is I am interested. Love it. <laughs> I'm really interested to see how how Kessler responds to that sort of opponent. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't watch him at all at UNC last year, so I don't, uh, you know, I don't have any prior knowledge on that. But I, uh, I too wonder uh, wonder how that's going to happen. That that is a big question for me as well about how 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 does he play against? How does he defend a guy that's just big and strong rather than than the kind of guys he's defended? Recently, you know, I guess, I guess uh, ULM had had a guy, or was it Moorhead that had had the one guy that was pretty? Is Moorhead that had the guy that was pretty good inside, and and they yeah, did a good but, job but against not, him. Not quite as big though. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that'll be kind of the, the matchup I'm keeping an eye on. Um, uh, again, feel pretty good about this game. It's a good. It's a good shot to take this team on the road. You know, see how they handle that. Uh, and then they're going to Atlantis next week. So that'll be where the real fun begins. We'll, we'll preview that a little bit more next week, though. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Hopefully after a, a horrible a road trip weekend. to the Bahamas. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> totally hate to have to go there. Well, just Here's the first place. Kevin. 
I I have a feeling if uh, there w- wasn't an Iron Bowl at home, then that perhaps someone on this pod may have been attempting to try to go to the Bahamas. Uh, Might be tempted, but um, yeah. have you tried to stay at the Atlantis, Chief? I haven't. I have not. Not a cheap hotel. Oh. Just gonna well, throw that out there. All right. Oh no, it's it's quite the. It's not a sandals um, resort. We're talking about a resort with multiple buildings of rooms, a casino, a basketball, an entire court. water park, and a basketball court. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't. It is, no, it's absolutely gorgeous. Don't get it twisted. It is an, a sight to behold for sure. I wonder. But, uh, do you to uh, to attend the games? Do you have to stay there? I wonder. I've I doubt never, it. I've never looked. But into why that. wouldn't you want to? I mean, well, it's like Vegas sure. on an island. Yeah, it's I know. Like a tiny little some, Vegas on an island. It's amazing. I know Auburn was selling some packages several months back where it was uh, flight included, four nights at Atlantis, tickets to games. Thanksgiving dinner and uh, some other credit for something for the weekend. Um, but I, I can't remember what they were going for, but it if, was some obscene number. If you could afford I'm sure whatever, whatever package Auburn was offering, it would be, I, you know, if, if, if you just got uh, money to just blow, I would do it. Cause that would be an, an amazing fun trip. Cause it'd be you, the team and like, no more than a hundred Auburn people, probably, and it would be it and would a be whole fantastic. Bunch of Bahamian locals, and let me tell you, yeah. those people are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that does it for this week. Uh, I will step in for Crow and say, "Have a wonderful weekend." Bonos. <laughs> oh, that was the saddest bonos ever. <laughs> <laughs>